Welcome to In China with Michelle Zhou. Manufacturers have long known China to be a leader in their industry, but now the world is recognizing China as a business center for companies, market traders, education, and artists. It's no wonder that the economy has grown to be the world's second largest. In our program, you'll learn from the thought leaders and professionals who have lived in both the U.S. and China and continue to do business there. Now, here is your host, Michelle Zhou. Welcome, everyone. It's so great having you all here today. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. I'm your host, Michelle. I'm the founder and the CEO of Pacific Technologies Consulting Group. We help American and Chinese organizations learn from each other, bridge their needs, and grow their businesses internationally. You can contact me at our company website, ptcgconsulting.com. Make sure to click on the links in my show link or email me at michelle.zou@ptcgconsulting.com. And I always welcome you to connect me on LinkedIn. Today we have Miss Jing DiPiero on the show together with me, and we are going to talk about the healthcare in China, its opportunities and risks. Welcome to the show, Jing. Thank you, Michelle. It's great to be here with you. Okay, let's start、uh, with an introduction. Could you please first、uh, tell our audience who you are and、uh, what you have been doing these days, these years? I would say. <laughs> so I grew up in Beijing, China, the U.S. almost twenty decades ago、uh, for graduate school. I have、uh, my MBA from Sunia Suigo State University of New York. I'm a certified public accountant and certified treasury professional. You must be wondering why I'm in healthcare. So we have a family company that has opened almost 40 community clinics in Pacific Northwest, and my husband is a physician. And I have been working with a lot of wonderful physicians and medical professionals. So、uh, DPI Consulting was founded in 2014, four years ago.、Um, it is a full-service healthcare and later technology consulting company. Based in Portland, Oregon, we started to offer medical services for individual Chinese patients. Later, we have evolved to provide medical training for Chinese physicians, hosting medical conferences in China. We also provide services to Chinese hospitals and health organizations. We have recently expanded our scope of service to support companies in the space of medicine, health, technology. And innovation. We love to create this viable global ecosystem to support companies in U.S. and China to grow internationally together. Well, sounds like、uh, the business、uh, you guys are doing today is a pretty wide range of things. You mentioned、uh, it is for you, the company you are running. It's focusing on consulting. It's called DPR Consulting. And you mentioned that you want to help U.S. and China, especially the Chinese side, the market, to learn on the medicine, health. What else you just mentioned? Innovation. Right. The space we are interested and in, have been very involved is medicine, health, technology, and innovation. Hmm. I assume the technology and the innovation is related specifically to the healthcare, right? Correct, correct. You know, I mean, I feel like all these fields are intertwined. 
you know, U.S. has been spending such a high percentage of GDP on healthcare. I mean, it's not sustainable. So in order to provide optimal results in health and medicine, technology plays such an important role. So I combine all these four areas together because that is where the future will go, and that is how we can provide quality care at affordable price. Yeah, totally agree with you. So from starting as helping the Chinese patients to get a treatment or get a better, more advanced health care or diagnosis in the U.S. to today expanding to all these four areas, it looks like it's been a pretty long journey to go through. I believe you have learned a lot during this journey, and the reason I reached out to you to share with our audience today is I know you have done a brown bag session, sharing session, in the Washington State-China Relations Council、um, hosted event, and、uh, the topic you talked there about the opportunities and the risks in China in the healthcare sector has raised a lot of interest. So I think.、Uh, It's worth to share it with a broader audience through this platform. So let's get into that a little bit more. From what you have observed, or from what you have shared before,、uh, what kind of opportunities you have seen in the China healthcare industry? And is there any way you can help us to see the big picture, the size, the trends of the market? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, it was really a wonderful experience to give a talk on healthcare in China, sponsored by the Washington State China Relations Council. And also, I did a similar talk in Portland, Oregon, hosted by Otradi, Oregon Translational Research Institute, and in partnership with Northwest China Council and the K. K.L. Gates、uh, Law Firm. So you know there has been so much interest in healthcare, especially in China. Just a few numbers to share with everyone how big the market is. So China's healthcare market is projected to grow at an unprecedented compound annual growth rate of about 12% to reach one trillion by 2020. One trillion U.S. dollar. One trillion. Correct. Whoa! Correct. That is a huge market. That's based on the McKinsey's company report, and that is up from 357 billion in 2011. So, I mean, that really tells us how much potential there is and how rapid growth we're going to experience. And that growth is across all the subcategories of under healthcare, whether it's pharmaceutical,、uh, medical devices. And any other areas, even including Chinese medicine. So I hope that gives everyone an idea of how big this market is, how exciting this market is. Yeah. So and,、uh, uh, I'm very curious about、uh, 2011. It's not that long time ago. It's 356 billion. You know, how well it? What's driven it? Let me put it this way: What is driven it from 356 billion to one trillion in? I think it's less than ten years'、uh, time. What's behind those numbers? Right, right. You know, so China. What I can do is I, to re- to answer your question. Why don't we start with a very quick overview of healthcare、uh, comparison between China and the U.S. So、Great. in China, U.S. in terms of size of the country, they're very comparable. China occupies 9.6 million square kilometers, and U.S. is at 
9.62. And in terms of population, 1.3 billion in China, 300 million in U.S., which is about a fraction, less than a fraction of the Chinese population. And in terms of healthcare spending, and Chinese stood at $11 trillion, 6.8% of GDP, while America was at $18 trillion at 17.9% GDP. So, you know, this tells us there is still, Chinese healthcare is still underfunded mm-hmm. and has a long way to go because the average, according to the World Bank, the healthcare spending is between 9 to 10% of GDP, while China is only at no less than 7%. There's another 5 to 6 trillion to add to it to be at par with the world average. So the population is driven forth, the aging population. And, and also, if you look at the history of Chinese healthcare in the past 70 years, you will see this long march. Um, from a country after the Second World War, after Civil War, there was really little left, little available to the population in terms of healthcare services. So, and over this past seven decades, there have been a lot, lot of changes. We usually divide that 70 years into four phases. So I, I just don't know how, if we have time to go into any of that, but, but what I want to say is from 2009 and on, this, we're looking at fourth phase of healthcare in China. This is the time when the government started to take steps to reform the healthcare system by initiating a new rural cooperative medical scheme to cover the rural population and also added a new basic medical insurance for the urban population who are unemployed. So, so the government has really invested 42.2 billion Chinese yuan before 2009 and 2010 to fund the healthcare service. And they're projecting this increased investment to 1.13 trillion starting 2014 with a three plan. So the reason you see such a huge increase in investment is because they're playing catch up. They haven't playing catch up. They're realizing, you know, with economic reform, with improving uh, quality of life, healthcare cannot be falling behind. So that's what triggered this really rapid growth in spending. Wow. Okay, that's very, very helpful for me to understand the uh, what's going on and why such a big change or the increase in healthcare spending. The government also played a huge role at the back. Well, I have the basic understanding of how Chinese government's capability. When in China, the government says we want to do something, then they will really put the resource into it and the execution is really strong. Um, I can see there's a huge opportunities created through this government reform of the healthcare system, as well as all this money, energy uh, putting into the transformation. That's great. And you talked about your own company earlier, uh, that's uh, why you started, because uh, especially your husband has been in the field in this, uh, as a physician uh, in the healthcare for many years. So when you did your business, uh, started uh, years ago, how did that really trigger it? I 
remember you mentioned that the first part of your business was to help the Chinese patients to get better care, medical care or health care from the U.S. But what is it really triggered you to take that action and change from your traditional CPA finance side of career to this new one? That's a great question. It's very personal, of course. Uh, so my husband is a medical professional. He was trained in UCSF um, medical school and residency. He is an internist. So every time we um, visit China, you will have family members and friends bring their medical records to my husband saying, hey, can you help me to see if this is the right treatment for me? Am I taking the right medicine? It, it happened every time we visit China. That was before we had children. So that was just really interesting. And um, so I really, from my personal experience, I have seen the different type of system, how the different systems worked and how much need there was for better access and for more advanced um, uh, diagnosis and treatments available in U.S. So with that in mind, especially when it comes to cancer patients, I mean, China's CFDA has done a really wonderful job trying to shorten the R&D cycle, the clinical trial cycle, trying to uh, honor the uh, the medicines overseas to be um, to be uh, used in China. However, there's still a 10, 20 year time difference. So that's how I feel that if I could offer an opportunity for the Chinese patients to access the American healthcare system, a lot of people, a lot of lives could be touched, a lot of family could be could benefit from that. That's how we decided to start back then a small company targeting Chinese patients, especially cancer patients, to come to U.S. for diagnosis, for treatment, for um, advanced medical uh, medicine. Wow. It is something uh, you see the needs from your relatives, your family members, and then, yeah, it is indeed a need for many people. Yeah, I also got a request from my even today, from my relatives in China, when they have something serious like cancer, they ask me, Michelle, can you help to find doctors in the U.S. to take a look and see if there's any different way to treat this? Uh, any hope? Uh, I know nothing about uh, cancer because I'm not really in the healthcare system and it's hard for me to really understand it. So um, I think, uh, yes, there is such kind of a need for every person uh, or every people like me. We experienced that. Yeah, I think it's time to take a quick break and we will be back shortly. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you interested in expanding your business to China but don't know how to start? Are you wondering how to grow your sales in the China market and win over competition? Meet Michelle Zhou and her team at Pacific Technologies Consulting Group. Our consultants are U.S.-China experts and have all lived and worked in both the U.S. and China with many years' experience in market entry strategies, management, and execution. We can help you find the right partners, develop opportunities, and grow your business in China. Please visit ptcgconsulting.com today. 
In your business, are you on top of your PR game? PR is what tells your story. Whether it's the business itself, key people in your business, or showing your best face to the public, listen for the brand ambassadors. Host Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield will discuss effective presentation ideas, building your personal brand, risk management, crisis communication, and more. Focus your business goals and PR resources. Listen live Fridays at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. To call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at ptcgconsulting.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, we're back from the break. Before the break, we talked a little bit about the market size, the reasons behind it, why China is spending so much money trying to reform and catch up on the healthcare system and the opportunities from that you can see from the macro standpoint, it is there. And Jing, you also talked how you started it because your family members, their needs. So from that point, yeah, I totally agree with you because I also saw the needs from my family members. Personally, when you have been doing this for years, uh, what are the most uh, challenging and uh, rewarding things that you get, you have gained from this business? You know, uh, in the market, um, the opportunities are definitely there. And for me that, you know, when I see a patient feel better, and then when I see a patient live longer, have a better quality of life, that is so rewarding to me that, I mean, nothing in monetary could even replace that proud, the pride I have in what I do. So now it's truly out of our passion. And then my husband being a trained physician, they are designed, program trained to serve to take care of the general public. And I definitely have learned a lot from him as well. And by working with individual patients, by working with physicians, working with the hospitals, when we see the progress we have made, that's just the best fitting I can really imagine. 
in my life.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can hear this kind of passion in your voice. It's not just a, a business; it's something that it's like a mission. When you see the the changes, the improvement on the patient side. The impact that you are making together on other people's life—that's rewarding. So, if we look at the healthcare market in China,、uh, how would you help our audience just think about the opportunities? Right? We know from the macro side how big it is. Then, how do we slice it into some more deeper way or concrete way to see what kind of opportunities exist? That so we may. Start to look at、uh, well, what's that mean to me? Right, right. You know, to answer that question, why don't I just do a quick summary? You know, in China, the current situation is 1.4 billion Chinese aging, and the cost to take care of this population will be extremely expensive. And the Chinese government has a goal called China 2030. That means the government will provide 100% healthcare coverage. For all its population, so what that means is, you have this huge demand, and the government is determined to meet the demand. So you really have to find ways to make it work. We cannot spend 20% GDP; no country can afford it. So you have to provide better care with more coverage. At reasonable cost, with that background in our mind, so let's see how the Chinese government take care of that. Working on setting up community clinics, training family doctors to reduce the medical cost, so patients can go to the neighborhood clinics, be taken care of instead of going to see a specialist in the comprehensive hospital, and、uh, and technology will have to、uh, play a role in this. That's why I, I'm saying we are really interested in the space of medicine, health, technology, and innovation. There are very few options left on the table to control healthcare costs.、Um, technology definitely and innovation are the two of them. So, with that said, I will say there are four industries that will really benefit from that. Of course, the first one will be healthcare insurance providers. Hmm. The government is going to be the biggest force behind this in this space. So China now provides 100%. China will provide 100% healthcare coverage. However, there are already people are looking at but purchasing commercial healthcare insurance to supplement what they're provided by the government. So in a commercial health. Insurance providers very few and small in terms of revenue compared to the commercial insurance providers in the U.S., which accounts for 80% of the healthcare market. So that is a huge space for growth. So 8.5 billion spending project will be projected to reach 90 billion in 2020. The second piece is the educational piece. You know, the hospital are increasing the hospital beds. At 6.5 to 10 percent annually, so they need providers. They need to have quality providers, and the providers need to have ongoing medical、uh, training. So there's a huge space in medical education that needs to take place to keep up with the pace of the healthcare in- growth.、Mm. 
The second is more on medical training, and it means for a foreign company or foreign healthcare providers, they can bring in more advanced medical training to China to help the Chinese physicians become better in their skills. Is that right? Precisely. Precisely. This is one of the services DPR Consulting provides. So we recruit Chinese physicians to come to U.S. for clinical observership. They come here to observe, to learn, not only on the clinical side, but also the process flow, the four, the six pillars of U.S. healthcare principles. So they are going to bring the technical skills, the management skills, the administrative skills back home to help improve the care they would deliver in China to their patients. So you are bringing Chinese physicians come to the U.S. to get the training. Wow. Correct. We also bring the Chinese. We also bring American specialists to China for medical training. For example, DPR Consulting will hold its second annual Precision Medicine CME conference in Suzhou in April, on April 21st and 22nd. So we'll be there to provide them with the most recent guiding principles of cancer diagnosis and treatment, and also provide tons of case studies to share with our Chinese colleagues how cancers are diagnosed, how they are treated. So this is a very uh, much engaging conversation and slash training that's happening. The goal is to share. The goal is to learn from each other, and the goal is to improve collaboratively. That's wonderful! Thanks for doing all this. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> about it. I'm, I'm, we're really excited as well.、Um, so the third piece we're looking at is healthcare IT. So a lot of financial resources have been invested in setting up EMR, EHR, electronic medical record and electronic health record. However, are they being used by the physicians? Are they being Helpful to the patients. Are the hospitals linked with independent pharmacies, laboratories, diagnosis like、uh, imaging centers? Are the systems working between hospitals? So there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. So there's still a lot of improvement that can take place. One example I can give you is, you know, our own clinic, Kazoom Care. It has its own cloud-based EMR system. So every single patient in America that you have used our service can set up their own individual record. That means they can access twenty-four-seven anywhere in the world, as long as there's Wi-Fi and internet connection. So I, I'm very proud to say that this is the type of EMR that Chinese patients would love to have, and this is the type of、um, access. To the medical record, everyone needs to have in order to improve the convenience of care and improve the power of our individual patients.、Hmm. So that is the third area that I see will have exponential growth. Hold on, on this one, I want to explore a little bit what is being done today in China from my own observations, because I go to China so often, and sometimes I got sick. I need to go to the hospital.、Uh, my observation is、uh, the hospitals they have digitalized the what we call the records of、uh, the patients, but、uh, it may not be connected between hospitals. 
And the other thing is the patient does not have access to that records. So when I got to, because I travel a lot inside China from city to city. Last time I was there, I went to one hospital. Then when I traveled to another hospital, I couldn't bring my stuff over. I used my, you know, verbally described what happened before and what kind of treatment I got to the new hospital. Doctors, I think that's what I experienced in China today.、Uh, from your research, from what you have done, or、uh, all this experience in China, what's the situation today you have seen there? I think what you described is, is really common. You know, a lot of EMR systems have been designed and implemented in individual hospitals. However, sometimes it may not be working as well as the doctors anticipated. And sometimes there, you know, downtime. So people,、um, physicians, have started to use it, but to what extent it is really varies from hospital to hospital, and also varies by physician. Some are, you know, for younger physicians, of course, they are more technically savvy. For some older physicians, it might be a hassle because they're used to writing everything on a piece of paper, then type it that up or scan that prescription in is just additional work. So there's still a lot that needs to take place.、And、it's even true in America that the EMR system between system between healthcare system, for example, the Kaiser Permanente healthcare system. Will not talk to Providence Healthcare electronic medical record. So there's still a lot that needs to take place, and also for patients, we become penalized by that because we have to request a record from to be transferred from one healthcare system to another, and、uh, usually it's just a email or fax to send information over. You know that leads to a lot of、um, menu errors and also danger of、um, being hacked. The confidential information end up in the wrong hands. So I still believe, you know, if, if the patients could have access to their own medical record with their prescription, with their lab results, with the diagnosis, with everything there is, and there's it makes life so much easier for everyone.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the solution you guys provide is thinking the patient is the one handling or in control of their private information. Then they can decide to release to different doctors, yeah, different hospitals. Yep. Okay, that's the third one, healthcare IT. The last one is in advancement in medicine and health innovation. You know, there's been so much talk about wearable technology, prevent, to diagnose early. To reduce healthcare cost, we're also talking about technology incubators and investment in startup companies. So there is definitely a huge opportunity for companies that are thinking about improving prevention and providing、uh, patients better access and finding creative and、uh, innovative ways to better treat patients. So we're lucky we live on、um, the west coast of、uh, of America, and I personally have visited a lot of the technology incubators, bioscience parks, and I'm sure there are plenty in China too. And most of them are like a mini city、uh, in China. So, I mean, these the presence of all these、um, organizations and entities are really telling us that there. A great focus in the space, and people have already seen the opportunity.、Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I believe there's a lot of、uh, new things these years、uh, happened in terms of、uh, using innovative technology、uh, as well as the ways to treat diseases. Okay, so the four points you just mentioned: commercial healthcare insurance, education side, which is medical training, and the healthcare IT, and the last part is the innovation side. That's those are the opportunities foreign companies to think about.、Uh, if you want to capture the or seize the opportunities in the huge increasing, growing healthcare market in China,、uh, that's where you can enter and see what fits you better. Then I believe that's the rosy part. There must be something that、uh, are the challenges that、uh, you have seen. Uh, through those years, and maybe your own company has experienced、uh, some challenges、uh, when you grow.、Uh, can you share with us、uh, some of those observations? Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, opportunity always、um, go with the risk. That goes without saying. So,、um, China healthcare has poses、um, risk for firms, and we can look at it in three areas. The first one is pressing、uh, pressure on pharmaceutical and medical device. You know, with universal healthcare insurance, there's no way the Chinese will spend more than 10% of its GDP. That means they, they no one can spend $30,000 a year on drug on cancer drug. So for foreign companies,、uh, especially for pharmaceutical companies in America, we have enjoyed the freedom of the market pricing. However, that's not going to fly in China. So we really need to figure out how to. Work how to adjust our strategy and our pricing structure to handle the pressing pressure from the biggest healthcare provider in China. That's the government. And the second one of that is the higher regulatory standards than from the past.、Um, we have、uh, read news about foreign pharmaceutical companies or medical device companies being penalized for illegal and unethical behavior in the Chinese market. So, for a foreign company, we are burdened with not only the Chinese laws and regulations, but also those from our from our home country. So, we need to be very aware of the, the responsibilities we have, whether that's legally, socially,、uh, corp, uh, and and also on a corporate level. Um, the last one I see is, you know, the unique position of Chinese hospitals. So most of these hospitals are the biggest consumers, the biggest buyers.、Um, at the same time, the hardest、um, partners to to establish、um, because they are very unique in many ways. You know, if you look at 20, 30 years ago when the economic reform started, the government reduced their、uh, subsidy on all these hospitals, so they, so the market principle has been instilled in the in the hospitals for them to、um, hire the employees, provide better、uh, provide better care, and and also、uh, fund. The, Uh, the expansions of the hospital, so the government has really very weak fiscal leverage over hospitals. These hospitals, in many its own ways, have、uh, the authority to decide what type of service to provide, what kind of drugs to use to sell their、um, to sell to their patients, who they would like to work with. So. So that that's really、um, very different 
from the healthcare systems in America. And, and also each hospital is unique in its own way because it has its own president, it has its own leadership team. They can have very different focus, very different work style. So, um, so the ability to work with large hospitals in China has been extremely challenging based on our personal experience and also uh, our consulting work with other companies. So overall, I, I would see these three areas are the the most challenging uh, forces for any companies that are interested in uh, in expanding to China. Mm-hmm. Good summary. All right, I think it's time to take another quick break, and we'll be back right away. Okay,、uh, talk to you very soon. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you interested in expanding your business to China, but don't know how to start? Are you wondering how to grow your sales in the China market and win over competition? Meet Michelle Zhou and her team at Pacific Technologies Consulting Group. Our consultants are U.S.-China experts and have all lived and worked in both the U.S. and China, with many years' experience in market entry strategies, management, and execution. We can help you find the right partners, develop opportunities, and grow your business in China. Please visit ptcgconsulting.com today. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more, not just in it and profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. On the Voice America Business Channel, be more, achieve more. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions, and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference. Right here on the Voice America Business Channel, every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at VoiceAmerica.com and click Register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. That's eight six six four seven two fifty seven ninety. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. To call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at ptcgconsulting.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back. Uh, we are back now. Um, now let's take a quick look at uh, from your standpoint, Jane, because you guys are the DPR consulting firm. You do the consulting service. So how did you help other companies uh, get into the Chinese market for the healthcare sector? Okay,、um, you know, for us, I believe the success of a partner is the most important. The success is defined in monetary terms, the financial、uh, well-being, and, and the social responsibilities. So I can give you a couple of examples of what、uh, we have done to help our partners to succeed. So、um, we have been working with、um, um, an Oregon technology company that is specialized in providing.、Um, AR, AI, and also very,、uh, very extremely、uh, technically savvy solutions, and they have wonderful solutions that have that have、um, that have been applied in other industries. So when they first came to me, is the owner had a hunch their technology could be used. In healthcare could be used in China. That will mean the exponential growth for the company. And、uh, so our responsibility was to assemble a team of our experts to design a product, a portfolio of a product, so to to best represent to best present the technical advantage that is that at the same time the most suitable for Chinese hospitals. So we. Worked with them over a over a six months to come up with the pro to come up with the concept, the prototype, and testing in the Chinese market. So it was it's very well received the product right now. And another example I can give you is this, this unique approach we have imp- implemented while working with our patients. We call it three hundred three sixty three sixty degree partnership. Mm-hmm. So when we were working with the young pharmaceutical companies, they have a wonderful drug that could help patients with diabetes. We worked with them to design this partnership、um, diagram that includes distributors, hospitals, and consumers, policymakers, population health decision makers of one particular city. So to be successful, you need the support of all the parties that are involved, all the stakeholders. So our brainstorming session started with who could benefit from from our drug. And so the city officials are definitely wanting to see less spending on diabetic patients. They want to see people take care of themselves, don't even get diabetes in the first place.、Mm-hmm. And hospitals, of course. They love to provide better treatment, better diagnosis to their patients. And for the distributors,、um, what a financial success is huge to them, and they want to have the good product to present to their, the hospitals they work with, and to deliver to the cities and regions they service. At the same time, we also work with consumer groups to educate them. What the product is all about, how this drug too could make a difference. 
So you have to think about all the players in the whole picture. So I have been giving advice to um, companies that, you know, attend trade events, find and create opportunities to talk to the decision makers, to talk to the stakeholders that will make an impact on your business. So not only do we need to strategize a good marketing plan, but also, I mean, relationship is such an important piece of doing business in China. If you could establish a, a, a good personal relationship, a good support from the stakeholders that you are working with, and it goes a long way, is as to the, the possibilities in China. So yeah. these are the things we can do to ensure the success of our clients. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. Um, on one side, uh, as we talked earlier, or especially as you shared earlier, right? China yeah, healthcare, the entire in structure is very different than what you see here in the U.S. So it's first, it's not easy to understand, and you need some deep market knowledge uh, and uh, uh, the industry knowledge to understand that part. That's one. Second is with all these rapid changing and reform happening in China, many things are changing. So we need to keep up with all these changes to understand what's going on. And we talked about the structures, the different stakeholders, all these differences needs experts in those areas to help navigate through it. And the other thing you mentioned just now, you talked Talking about the relationship uh, in doing business in China, I think that's not just for the healthcare system; it's for everything, and it's something that uh, sometimes uh, it is very critical for the success in China. Even though sometimes people think, oh, "Okay, I have great product," uh, you know, my product has been very successful in other markets, then it should be successful in China. Sometimes it's not the truth, <laughs> and we have seen even. Very famous companies, they they came into China, then they left just because of many reasons. But to really understand how the leaders think and also understand how Chinese do business, uh, that's very helpful to make sure to help the success in China. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. I mean, over the past five years, the advice I've been giving to lots of folks is, you know, just think strategically and also think holistically. And uh, without the trust with your stakeholders, um, there's a little chance that a company will succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what you have seen, and I think uh, one of the advice that I wouldn't say advice, from what you have shared today and also from my own Practice in consulting, helping uh, U.S. companies to engage in the Chinese market or to find partners to work with, uh, penetrate into the China market. Uh, one of the key thing I think is really to find the right people to help you. I think that's something very fundamental. If some companies are interested in getting help from your firm on consulting side,、uh, how can they reach out to you? Oh sure, they can definitely use email to reach us at info at dprconsulting dot net or reach me directly at Jane J I N G at dprconsulting dot net. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. We'd、we'll、love to、um, help the companies in the U.S. and China to accomplish、uh, the common goal of improving healthcare. 
Mm -hmm. I also want to thank our audience. It has been great to have you here. And today、uh, we have talked about、uh, the healthcare industry in China. What are the opportunities and the risks there? I want to send a special thank to our wonderful guest Jing today. And you can find more about、uh, DPR Consulting. By going to their website, and you can also contact them directly through the email info at dprconsulting.net. You can also follow Jing from LinkedIn. Her name is J I N G, and the last name is D I P I E R O. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. I hope to see you next week. Thank you for tuning into In China with Michelle Zhao. Please join us for another edition next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again next week. 